No, no, man, I agree with you. I agree. Hey, Boosters, we're back for another episode of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. I'm Zach Work, and this is Chad Higgins, and today it's getting spicy. Whoa. It's getting spicy. Uh, it's uh, it's time to talk about dating, Chad. Well, let's it's, talk about Let's not date ourselves, first. but it's time to talk about dating. Yeah. Let's talk about spicy first. <laughs> okay. Before we just dive You, you thinking Gordita Crunch? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> People like to argue. It's true. About the best chicken sandwich at a fast food place. Yes. Yes. What place has the best spicy chicken sandwich? Ooh. Do you like a spicy chicken sandwich? I do like a spicy. I don't know. I don't know if I've had enough spicy. I have enough sampling across. I mean, when we did the Popeye, when we did the Popeye's Chick-fil-A comparison, I think I went spicy at Popeye's. And and that's I, real. I liked it. I mean, I don't I'd love to hear some other options for spicy, but that's but Popeye's spicy is nice. That's a good, did, Okay, so you got Popeye's spicy against Chick-fil-A spicy. I think Popeye's wins that one. I think I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. By the way, I learned a hack about Chick-fil-A. Oh, I like a Chick-fil-A hack. Um, so you know how Chick-fil-A, you get your stuff fast, right? <laughs> it's it's excellent. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. But before I even order it sometimes. You ever you ever opened up that bag and it's just a little moist? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. You know the chick the, the bread's just kind of soggy. The reason is because the their chicken sandwich is pretty simple, right? Yeah. It's chicken bread pickle. Pickle. Love it. Um but they will pre-make a ton of those. Okay. And they're going to keep it in the old re- reservoir, <laughs> which is why you're going to get a soggy bun. Okay. Now, some people may enjoy that, yeah. right? If yeah. that's you, yeah. then don't worry about it. If you get it with no pickles or pickles oh, on the side. They got to pull it fresh. Then they got to make it. They got to pull it fresh. That's the milk from the back of the counter, my friend. That's yeah. right. That's right. So you're going to get. Okay. Straight off. Of. So pickles on the side. The episode is pickles on the side. I like. I like again. You know, thinking through the whole process yeah. here. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. Um. Okay. So you know what? Here, here's the deal. The chicken sandwich from Carl's Jr. That, wow. Wow. What a You're deep t- cut. What a deep taking, cut. You are taking your life in your own hands. <laughs> that is driving without a seatbelt. I don't know how to explain it. It is it isn't that good. <laughs> this is a strong pitch. It really isn't. <laughs> it's not even second best. There's but. just something about it to me that's nostalgic. <laughs> Nostalgic. It just feels. It like, takes me back to high school. It's the cassette they're, tape of hot cheap. You get the, <laughs> they're like on the dollar menu. It's the eighty nine cent one. You, yeah. Well, here's the deal that you got to watch out for. They got like there's like two versions. I yeah. think McDonald's does the same thing. 
Oh, there's they like the like, iceberg lettuce one. Yeah, they got like the... a deluxe one, and then they got the one that's like, well, we found this in the back, wrestling around, and so we'll give it to you for a dollar. It's marked expired, but that don't mean nothing. Dude, it's that one oh, to me. Goodness. It's not better than Popeye's. It's definitely not better than Chick-fil-A one. So it wins on nostalgia? You're going to argue nostalgia on a chicken sando? Okay. It's well, special Good times, I guess. Uh, for anybody else looking to rustle around up uh, old Carl's, please send all of your old Carl's Jr. spicy chicken sandwiches to Chad Higgins. That's 501 <laughs> Higgins Ave. Golly. Wow. Can you imagine if someone just mailed you spicy chicken sandwiches from Carl's in you the mail? You know now we're going to be at something. By the way, if well, the con- Conclave is coming out. It will be before this episode, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll okay, so nobody's going to show up to Conclave. I, wasn't, I was going to tell them I'm... I'm I was not at Conclave this year. Oh, so. well, we missed you. But if at Essentials, someone shows up. <laughs> the spicy chicken one for you? Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Wow. Uh, sorry, everybody. Uh, what we wanted to talk about today was not just the temperature of your chicken sandwich. Maybe the temperature of your youth room. Uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but but students that want to date or like to date... What a what an awkward time for everybody. Can we just talk about that? What do you do with students who want to date? Now, I, I think this is important to say because I think every youth pastor has their own preference on how they want to give the dating talk. So this sure. is not instructional for how anybody should give. Has anything date. on this podcast ever been instructional? This, this, this is not authorized or instructional of how you should or should not give your dating talks to your student ministry, although you probably should have some conversations. Lifeway is not held responsible for about anything. dating. <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, again, it's it's we're on the precipice of February. People are thinking about romance. People are thinking about dating. People are talking about dating, planning series for that. Chad, like, what is what? Is, what do we even do with that? And in a student culture that doesn't know what to do. With dating, with a youth pastor that doesn't know necessarily their role to play, um, how do we even begin to be uh, uh, pastoral and formative in the ways in which we would care for our students that are, you know, trying to find love in this crazy mixed up world? Well, I think we've probably all had the the worst is when you have like two of your really core students that start dating, which happens a lot. Right? Great kids. Just great kids falling in love. Crazy kids. Yeah. You're like, well, I'm going to lose one of them in a couple yeah. months. This is how the NWO starts in our ministry. <laughs> <laughs> this is the rift, yeah. <laughs> it's easier when it's the outsiders, but, you know, when it comes from within. Oh, man, can I tell you, the last church I served at, I mean, two of my strongest students begin to date. Well, yeah. I, Immediately, I was like, "Oh no!" You know what I mean. I didn't say that to them, but they're like happily married now. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so sometimes it works out, right? Like that's so, that's tricky. Yeah, that's I, tricky. Because <laughs> then you have to be like, "Well, I mean, y'all can date." Because that's always so. We'll go ahead. And, I'll go on record. And I, I'm I'm kind of anti dating within the youth group. I mean, again, it, you can't police it and be like, no, nobody right. date, because then they just start dating in secret, and then you have, like, feuds within your ministry yeah. that no one's talking about, and it becomes, like, open secrets. But it, it usually, usually, except for the kids that end up together, wild and crazy kids, uh, you know, it's usually more disastrous than it is beneficial. So it's 
important to talk about, hard to promote, right? Like hard to walk them through it, but you know, still want to say meaningful things about it. Sure. So what meaningful things about relationships and dating would you want to make sure that every yeah. youth minister talked about? Um, so I think there are a few practical things that I would say that are, I think are really important to talk about. Um, the first one that I would say and encourage is don't, don't make marriage its own God. Okay. Um, I think that sometimes in the, in the like, wait until you're married kind of talks, um, it's really easy to, it's really easy to kind of sell the students on this bag of goods, Mm. um, that you, you probably have a student that may never get married. And so this like promise of waiting for, you know what I mean? Like waiting for something may not come because we're tying them to the like, the goodness is just in getting married one day. Hurry up and wait. Yeah. Yeah, Instead of like understanding what it means to be faithful, if you are or are not ever given a spouse. Or that, or that. To be married is to be more faithful than yeah. to not be married because that gets really confusing. Yeah. Sure, yeah. And, and so I, I would, and that's some hard gymnastics to walk through with a fourteen-year-old. I just want to be loved, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I'm going to be lonely with cats, or right, right. you know what I mean? Like, but I think that that's a little bit. You've doomed me. You doomed me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I think I think in that I think for some students. There is a little bit of that, like, letting go of that sacred cow of I have to get married or I'm nothing. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's when students can begin to um, begin to worship this idea of marriage or some sort of fulfillment in some relationship. Um, and so ultimately come back to this place of faithfulness to the Lord, pointing them to the Lord, obedience, those kind of things. And I think that's the faithfulness language has got to be in and of itself its own reward, Mm. uh, or else we're just placating them to the next chapter in their life, Sure, right? It becomes, well, when you get in high school, when you get in college, when you get out of college, and so life becomes this endless, like, delayed gratification of, like, well, when you're older, you'll understand. But the the goal now is to find a contentment, a satisfaction in being faithful in whatever season of single or relationship that that is proper in that time. And I think that's one of the things that we almost set them up to fall later when we just line it out. Like, well, you get ready when you get older, right? Like there is like a joy of faithfulness. There is a loving support, identity, a a welcome, a, a being known factor that can happen inside a community of a church right. that that wouldn't have to be fulfilled by dating the girl from algebra class right. or whatever. Like that's not like the goal. Like I think there's probably the talks to have about how to date well if you're going to, but I think a lot of youth ministry leaders that I've talked with are immediately jumping in how to date better without necessarily always talking through like like faithfulness is its own reward of contentment and satisfaction uh, and not just delayed into dating and so yeah um I think I think a lot's talked about um 
these certain requirements for someone to have to date them. Um, I, I think less is talked about the list. Well, yeah. I, their their own characteristics, right? It, it, it feels like uh, I, I don't know. It feels like for girls, it's like, well, she's got to be this Proverbs thirty one woman. You know what I mean? And you're just like, yeah, but. W- what about talking about Johnny of like who he needs to be? You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I a little think uneven. It is a little uneven, but it, it it also is. If you're just trying to find the perfect person, then I think a lot of young men and young women stop focusing on themselves. And when you get married, you learn pretty quickly. I mean, one of the first lessons I learned when I got married was how unbelievably selfish I am. Mm. And most people I talk to, you're like, hey, how's the first year of marriage? And you're like, I had no idea I was so selfish. <laughs> and then you have your first child and you're like, had no idea I was still selfish. You know, <laughs> I didn't know I could be more tired. <laughs> right. Um, and, and I think that, I think f- helping students focus on who they are, growing in their own relationship with the Lord. Yeah is so much more important than, like, looking for their golden goose. Right. The treasure hunt of finding the perfect yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, th- I think focusing on their own growth, their own maturity, becoming someone who is mature enough to date yeah. and not just looking for someone who's beautiful and yeah. makes them laugh or whatever. Right. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, we'd love to hear uh, from some of our friends in student ministry as well. Uh, I do think this is one of the things uh, that matters uh, in your talks. And so for our booster friends in the community, we've got questions posted inside the network uh, to hear more about how you're addressing dating and relationships in the season. I do think this is something, uh, as we've talked more and more in some of our research uh, for various things we've put together and plans and talks, uh, the landscape of dating uh, and how we interact because of phones and apps. Uh, it, it is a different uh, conversation to even have in the first place, and yet at the same time, strengthening for the ways in which we are encouraging uh, teenagers uh, to find faithfulness uh, in who they are and not in someone else. Like for me, this is like the crux of the identity conversation. Like this is where I would start if I was going to try to have the identity conversation is how we are relational beings, uh, but not to be uh, made complete and in, inside of another like human relationship, but inside the web of what community actually looks like and means. So something for thinking about uh, for this next month as you're teaching, planning, and doing. So one of the things that we wanted to do more and more is to root this podcast and conversation in Scripture. And so, Chad, this week for us, our reflection, our parent car ride conversation yeah. to have, uh, what's our verse that's instructive and informative this week? So in February, parent partner is in uh, on relationships. And so this is out of like week two of it. And so it's kind of spicy. I'll be, I'll be honest. Okay. <laughs> I think if a parent starts this in the car, it's probably going to be multiple conversations. It's going to carry over to dinner, <laughs> or it's going to get super awkward. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's just the 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 nature of it. Nature of it. Um. So, First Corinthians six eighteen, spicy. I like says where you're this. Going. Yeah. Uh, flee sexual immorality. 
every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the person um, who is sexual, sexually immoral sins against his own body. So the question is, we're reading 1 Corinthians 6, it says, flee sexual morality. How do you think not fleeing from stuff like pornography or lustful thoughts might negatively affect your dating relationships or your marriage one day? Mm. That's some real conversation. That's when a, that's when a middle school kid just goes, well, I don't know. Right? Dad, do I want to go somewhere else? Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why are we at Arby's? Right. <laughs> um, I think though helping uh, helping a middle school student realize that pornography isn't just bad in itself, but has effects yeah. on relationships yeah. uh, is really, really important. Well, and I think that's one of the things, uh, I think theologically we talk about sin. It's bad because it's bad. Yeah. But to hear it as it's bad of what it does to you. Yeah. And I think, I think in this letter, Paul paints it pretty clearly uh, that there are like, physical consequences sure. for how we like understand maybe perceive others or uh, how we receive relationship or how we view ourselves um, that can have some lasting impact. That's, that's really important to talk about more than just like we have uh, put together a category of bad things right. and this is in the bad call. Right, right. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. God has rules. And we we don't yeah, know why right, he doesn't right, like, like it, but he... Th- these are outside the bounds, right? <laughs> right. But no, it has an effect, right? Like it really can like, you know, harm you, hurt you, impact you. Well, because yeah. I think that that's one of the biggest lies that we try to tell ourselves about something like pornography. It's like, I'm not hurting anyone. Right, 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 right. Um, it's between me and myself. Right. But in the reality, like... One, you're feeding a horrible industry. Right. Um, but two, like, this understanding that in the midst of all of that, you dehumanize someone. Yeah. Like, those are those are real people. Yourself and another person. Right. Yeah. And, but it's not just about you. Like, the people on screen, those are real people. Yeah. Like, who God knows and loves. Um, and, and I think for for someone struggling, for a student struggling, this realization that like what we take into our eyes like affects relationships, it affects us, it dehumanizes um, people that we start to begin to see other people as objects um, and not somebody who is. Deeply loved by God. That's good. That's good. Um, so I, my my hope and my prayer, and and I even put in in this week's parent partner a little like parentheses of you know parent take time to let your child know um, that they can talk to you about anything hidden right here. Yeah. Shame can make them want to hide, but let them know that you want to help and that you love them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a lot of middle school students. Who struggle with this? It's their biggest secret. It's their biggest secret that they're just waiting for an invitation to talk about, and they're but they're also afraid that they're going to get caught, right? Right. And I think that if mom and dad's not willing to open up that conversation, it just becomes something to hide mm. and not something to heal from. It's good. And so, 
I think kids need to know that mom and dad can can say the word pornography. Yeah. And nobody's head exploded. Yeah. Um and the no, world didn't end. Uh we you know, we finished the car ride. Yeah, yeah. and nobody's mad. Mm-hmm. Like and I know that for some families that somebody may get mad. Um but I know that I know that for my kid, like I want them I want them to have healthy relationships. I want them to f- find fulfillment and joy in the Lord. And if we just run from those kind of things, we're not willing to talk about them. And we're not willing to talk about them in a way that, like, you're the only one in the room struggling with it. Yeah. I think is is really good. No. Uh, again, in student ministry, we can sometimes name the problem. But some of the healing happens at home. Sure. And I think, again, however we can equip parents, um, not just to be— um, caretakers, custodians of our students, but real change agents, pastors, caretakers is important. So. Uh, Snap. podcast listeners thank you so much for checking out another episode of today's youth ministry booster podcast if you learn more about chad's parent ministry resource that we've been putting together every month for the last couple years you can check out lifeway.com slash parent partner to learn more about how you can begin to equip your parents weekly to communicate faithfulness to inspire and encourage them as they care for the students in their lives, in your ministry, to be more faithful and find the reward of that together. All right, we'll see you back next week with another episode of the podcast. And we want to hear from you. You can follow us on social media, Youth Ministry Booster, uh, Instagram, Facebook. We'd love to hear how things are going in your ministry.